Today on the Topping Show, Silicon Valley Bank goes bust, Joe Rogan opens up his own club, AOC corruption proven, vinyl records beat CDs, Micro Center expands, and Roku's stock drops by 10%. All of that and much, much more on the Topping Show. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. Today's episode of The Topping Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN and Topping Technologies. ExpressVPN protects your online data, and Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. For a business owner or an IT leader, use some assistance. You can reach them at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Now, the biggest news in business by far is Silicon Valley Bank going bust. Silicon Valley Bank is has been in business for 40 years and gained prominence throughout the lending to venture capitalists and startups in Silicon Valley, of course. So pretty much every tech company used them as a bank, which pretty pretty risky in hindsight, 2020, of course. They're the second largest bank in U.S. history to close and the largest lender to fail in more than a decade. They were shut down by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation, Specifically, the then department placed the remaining assets under the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation's control. Now, SVP, or Silicon Valley Bank, disclosed they had $1.8 billion loss on its bond holdings last week. And, I mean, they really reaped the benefits of startups in the Silicon Valley area. Specifically, they had great financial success from the situation created by venture capital community in which Startup companies would bid up their values by going through a myriad of funding rounds, and venture capital would pocket the winnings. And the most concerning thing about this is well, a couple of things. Uninsured deposits account for 95% of all of their deposits. So that means $151 billion were uninsured as of December 31st, 2022. Meaning if you had that much money in there and it wasn't insured and they go bust, you're kind of, you're screwed. Now, a lot of people are pointing to the FDIC saying, hey, they provide protection. They do. But if you read the fine print, if you open any bank account at a federally licensed bank in the United States, it'll say member of FDIC. And the small print says you are protected up to $250,000. So, for example, if your community bank goes under and you have $50,000 in there, and the bank goes bust, the government will step in, they'll write you a check for $50,000, rudimentarily speaking. So that's that certain protection level. Once you go beyond that, many businesses will actually buy insurance on the cash they have in those particular banks in case something like this happens. Now, famous billionaire investor Peter Thiel, his company, Founders Fund, urged startups to pull their cash a few weeks earlier out of the risk of entirely losing it because of, this shut, of a shutdown like this. And other signs that stuff may have gone badly is Jim Cramer actually told viewers to purchase Silicon Valley Bank stock in February of 2023, which is another interesting phenomenon known as the inverse Cramer, because he's made so many bad calls throughout his career. And granted, he makes a lot of calls, so there's going to be some bad ones, but he'll tell people to buy something, then that company will just go bust or it'll just all go to hell really quick. So there's a lot of jokes on the internet saying, yet again, the inverse Kramer works. Invest in the opposite of what he says, and you'll do pretty well. I'm no financial analyst, or granted, I don't give you financial advice. But a lot of people are saying stick away from his recommendations. 
Now, this bankruptcy is going to have a huge ripple effect in particular because all these companies, they not only don't know where their cash is, but as of today, who do you send money to if you work for them, such as like an IT company, like I own an IT company, and I can't say which of those, which IT vendors we work with, but some of them use, we know for a fact they use that bank to accept accounts receivable. If you're, everyone in accounts payable receivable should better be on top of their stuff this week, because who knows how that's going to work if they send money now or is technically being controlled by the FDIC right now, so maybe they'll be safe. But there are a lot of unknowns in this, and a lot of companies, including Zoom, and a lot of these companies have a lot of their cash there. And hopefully the ripple effect isn't too bad. Now, Elon Musk is rumoring, or he did say he might actually buy the remaining assets of Silicon Valley Bank with his long-term idea of having Twitter, having a financial capacity of it, with the goal of becoming a digital bank, which is kind of reminiscent of his very first startup, which was X.com, just X the letter, which was an online financial company. And he had kind of a bittersweet moment for that because he did make a lot of money, but he was pushed out as CEO, which is another reason why every time he starts a company or he gets involved, he always makes sure he has a majority of the voting shares. He has a, he's positioned so that he cannot lose that leadership role or be pushed out unfairly again. Now, I'll be interested to see if he buys that just to kind of bolster some of the Twitter capabilities. There's this idea that he had for a long time of having one app to do everything. That was one of his ideas, which has certainly not been done before. It'll be interesting to see if it could happen and maybe that be that could be the next big thing, some might say. Now, speaking of that ripple effect with SVP going bankrupt, New York's signature bank was also closed by regulators, I believe it was Friday or Saturday. So Friday, Silicon Valley Bank went bust, and within hours or a couple of days, this bank went under. So New York's signature bank, that is the third largest bank in the U.S. history to fail. The bank put into receivership. Bank followed a series of deposit outflows on Friday. Kind of that ripple effect. And it's a very old, I believe it was even in the movie, A Wonderful Life, where you see that scene where if you have an instance where everyone goes to the bank to withdraw, it breaks because they don't have that money. And there's certain ratios that they keep in which if you deposited a dollar, they're allowed to lend out a multiple of that dollar. And their money moves around a lot. So if everyone needs to get their money at once, it just won't work. And in particular, New York Signature Bank had assets of $110 billion. So it'll be interesting to see how many of these banks keep falling like dominoes. If there's a government bailout, there's a lot of speculation on Maybe they'll step in, maybe they, maybe they won't. Now, in terms of good news, which is particularly unusual at retail, Micro Center is expanding their brick and mortar practice. Micro Center being a computer electronics boutique store, similar to Fry's Electronics, but better, of course, because Fry's was defunct in terms of their electronics brand. And they plan, Micro Center plans on opening three new stores. The first is gonna be in Indianapolis, and then two more at locations to be determined by 2025. And this is the first time they're actually expanding in years with the last expansion being 2014. So they currently currently have 16 locations. And even though demand has fallen since COVID, when COVID first hit Micro Center, like a lot of electronic stores, they had the revenue just spike astronomically because as everyone worked from home, you needed you know, monitors, keyboards, laptops, and other PC peripherals to do your job. So they reaped a lot of the benefits. Now that's gone down a little bit from that peak of sales, but they still expect to increase. So 
2022, they hit 2.1 billion in sales, which is great. They expect to have sales revenue of 2.2 billion in 2023 and 2.4 billion in 2024. And that is exceptional that they are doing such a good job. And it's one of those things where if you're in a jam, even though I own an IT company, if it's something that breaks and I just need a little extra stick of RAM or something, you just go drive over there and they have exceptional customer service. They have more importantly, or also importantly, they have a huge inventory, which one of the frustrating things that people deal with when they go to other competitors, such as Best Buy, where they have much less inventory. So more often than not, when you go to Micro Center, they have it in stock. So much less stress of an experience because you know, and of course you check online, but because they have a high level inventory, they can handle those crowds. And I've seen them on Saturdays and Saturdays and they're just packed beyond all belief. And it's interesting to see that they are expanding and this is coming off the news of last week we reported that brick and mortar store Barnes and Noble are also increasing their storefronts. And it is interesting to see the casual usual sentiment of retail is dead and it's just evolving. A lot of things are moving online, of course, and all these retailers have online presence and e-commerce capabilities. But it is interesting to see how retail just keeps evolving. It's not dead just moving around and they're adapting. And in this case, they're actually growing by physical locations as well. Now, sad retail news, Gap is going to custom costs after they had a rough Q4. A lot of people or some may not realize how big Gap is in terms of they actually own Banana Republic, Old Navy, as well as Athletica. The Gap CEO, Mary Beth Lofton, is stepping down immediately with the interim CEO, Bob Martin, stepping in. Gap did note that they are currently working on replacing to find a full-time CEO to take over the company. Their Q4 specifically their Q4 sales slipped by 6% and their goal is to cut about $300 million of cost. That's going to be a big, that's a, that's a big uh, goal to go on. So it'll be interesting to see how it happens. Now going to the culture section of the podcast, Joe Rogan announced and he opened his new comedy club over in Austin, Texas called the comedy mothership. Attendees gave it ravenly good reviews. Attendees love the fact that it was counterculture and was attacked against the usual attack on comedy, which some or many say the woke go after in terms of trying to suffocate free speech and criticize jokes out of context and especially criticize jokes that are in the early phase, which a lot of people critique Louis CK for. When you just like refining any art or craft when you're whether you're building a guitar or building a software or even making a car, the first rough draft is never the best. So a lot of people will see these jokes and it's the first rough draft and they'll think it's distasteful or they just don't like it. Well, of course, they're just starting a new joke. They're just starting a new bit. They're going to have to hammer it out and work it out. But as more and more people criticize that, it stifles innovation and stifles people to even want to try to take that first step. So to have a club where you can have that type of freedom is exceptionally unique. And it's a big trend to see more and more comedy leaving Los Angeles in the California area where they used to be the pinnacle, kind of how automotive, you had the big three automotive industry was entirely in Detroit for many years. That was the kind of the hub for a lot of the automotive talent. Now a lot of them are moving to Austin. More and more comedians are moving to Austin. It'll be interesting to see how they continue to grow and adapt. I know, you know, Tom Segura, Tom Segura and his wife moved out there. Joe Rogan, of course, is the biggest name in comedy. He's out there. And more and more of them are going there every day. Other interesting culture news. Vinyl Records outsold CDs for the first time since 1987. Which is astonishing. Specifically, in 2021, there were 41 million vinyl albums sold versus 33 million cd albums sold the record sales was 1.2 billion dollars in vinyl and 
in CDs is 483 million. So that's a big delta in the revenue. And it should also be known that YouTube revenue accounts for 1.8 billion, which equated to 11% of the total music, music industry revenue. This is the 16th year of consecutive growth for vinyl. And another thing that I think will increase those sales throughout time and decrease the sales of CDs, vinyl is better. It's one of those things where taking a song and crunching it into zeros and ones and digitalizing it, you do lose a lot of the nice sound, especially if you're autophile or if you're a really big fanatic in auto, um, audio engineering, you can hear the difference. So the case for vinyl records will always exist because technically it is better than the other media. A lot of people are saying CDs might make a big comeback, but I don't think so because they're not better. Kind of like cassettes. There's a little bit of a cassette community and it's an interesting type of media historic technology. It has its place, but that will never eclipse the other media forms because especially cassettes, they degrade over time, like a VHS tape, which is something most people listening might not even heard of, which makes me a little feel dead inside. However, if you look up VHS tape on the Brave or Google Images, you'll see it used to be a magnetic tape that you would use. You'd slap into a VCR and you actually would watch a movie on that. But every time you'd watch it, it would degrade that tape a little bit more and more and more. Eventually you start seeing fuzzy images throughout the tape and eventually you just go to nothing. But vinyl records, you have records as I mean, a lot of my friends have the albums from the sixties with iconic rock bands and those, as long as you, of course, treat them appropriately and take care of them, they'll sound just as good. And they'll sound better than any digital copy. So it's interesting to see, perhaps the millennials are, or Gen X or Gen Y, whatever, they, whatever Gen, whatever the youngsters call themselves these days, maybe they'll make this increase as they jump down to demographics. But last week we were reporting that they were increasing the sales of stick ships and a lot of them are responsible about that. So they need to keep up the good work. Saving the stick shift and saving vinyl, they got some class. Not debatably how much, but they're making some strides. Now, going to the politics part of the podcast, AOC, known as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who is a bartender who turned congressman. She was the first female, mem first female member of the Democratic Socialist of America elected to serve in Congress. Now, she wanted to attend the Met Gala, which the Met Gala started in 1948. And it's a formal costume party for the Institute, and it's also a benefit. Think of where all the fancy folks go to look at the weird costumes, stuff that some people consider quote-unquote art. I'm more of a fan than classical than modern. That's just me. And she really wanted to go to the event, and she, but didn't really want to spend the money. So she's cozy up with the publishing company known as Vogue. Now Vogue, I guess they're also yeah, a magazine and other media, but they, those employees, the employee Anna at Vogue gave AOC and her fiance tickets. And there's tickets, just tickets retail for. So the list price are 35 grand a ticket, 35 grand to go see some outfits on a stage. Let's be honest, it's just a fancy rich people party, but that's what they list for. And there's some people saying they transact for hundreds of thousands of dollars, but just to get it at list prices, 35 grand a ticket. Now, members of Congress can't take near seven figure gifts from companies that employ lobbyists. If you take a little bit of the zoom and you zoom out a little bit, you'll find that 
Vogue's parent company owns many other businesses that also have lobbyists, such as Spectrum, which is one of the largest internet service provider or ISP companies in the United States. So Spectrum has lobbyists, which, of course, they go to Capitol Hill and they influence some of the laws. So it's a huge conflict of interest to accept these fancy lavish gifts from those companies. Some would say at least yeah, probably a bribe. I'm not a lawyer, but doesn't pass the gut test to me. Now, AO now ironically enough, AOC's anti-corruption lawyer warned AOC that she could accept an invite from the Met. So she could accept those tickets from someone else, but not Vogue because Vogue has those lobbyists. And it's also interesting to see other gifts that she accepted that she couldn't, she technically accepted as a gift and she didn't want to pay. So she had her staff and her um, actually negotiate with those people after the fact. So someone tried to sell her a dress for like 13000 or $1,300. They negotiated down to like $300. She didn't pay her makeup artist for six months after the ethics investigation started. Same with the car rental. That wasn't paid for months. And then she actually split it between a couple other folks in order to get those prices down so it didn't hit certain bars that fall into corruption charges, I suppose. Interesting to see how that situation is turning out. Now, interesting other political news when it comes to IT cloud security. So the Biden administration has started a cloud security program and they basically wanted to try to increase the regulation and security practice of the major cloud service providers. The main ones being amazon.com, which owns or is and owns AWS or Amazon Web Services. You have Microsoft with their Azure cloud platform and Google with their Google cloud platform. Think of it, um, rudimentally speaking, it's someone else's computer. So it's not in your house, you're connecting to their computer hundreds, millions, some miles away in someone else's data center. And the services provide not only cloud compute power, but also storage for their clients and range from you know, mom and pop shops all the way to Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies, and even Pentagon and the CIA utilize cloud technologies. Now, hackers from rogue nations have utilized those cloud services for a myriad of attacks. And rudimentary speaking, they just take a credit card, they rent. So you're kind of thinking of it, borrowing, borrowing a computer from someone else millions of miles away. And on that computer, you could put your malware and all, and you could perform all these malicious attacks, ransomware, cyber attacks, so part of the points that the politicians and the administ administration wants to provide is more transparency of identification. So IDing who is using those services, where they are geographically. Then they cited the, one of the cyber attacks in 2020, which was an attack on a software company in Austin called SolarWinds, which helps manage a lot of people's IT using their tool. And it's a very important tool to have but that tool is used by some of the biggest companies, which is why there's a kind of a ripple effect. When SolarWinds is attacked, it affected hundreds of companies, including Fortune 100s and US military entities. And that attack was done using a cloud-based attack. Now, the cloud community is saying they will, some of them are embracing it, saying, yes, we want more regulations, we want more rules, tell us what to do, partially because they have very lucrative military contracts, so they're gonna do what they can to perhaps shape the laws as, so they're advantageous to their specific platforms. 
or just because they want to appease their customer because government is their customer in this case. Now, others are pushing back saying that there already is a FedRAMP qualifications and requirements for cloud companies to meet in order to work with highly regulated entities such as the financial industry, Department of Defense and other federal agencies. So there, there already are some rules and regulations. It sounds like the government just wants to increase them in an attempt to decrease cyber threats. And it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. The fascinating thing about cybersecurity in, in particular is kind of the ultimate game of cat and mouse. No matter how many things you do, there's always a new way around things. So this might stifle some, stifle, and it might decrease some of the attacks. They'll just, unfortunately, they will find another way. But if this is a maybe an effective way, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out or what spe how specific they get in their recommendations to the cloud community to see if they could make a positive impact on decreasing all the cyber threats, which are increasing every day. Now, going to the business blunder of the day, Roku stock crashed by 10%. And going back to what I was saying at the beginning of the podcast is the ripple effect. So Roku has 26% of its cash and cash equivalent deposits in Silicon Valley Bank. Now, in particular, if you equate that to actual dollar amount, that's about $487 million. And even worse, Roku said that those deposits are largely uninsured. So if this bank doesn't get a bailout from the government, most likely, by everything I'm reading, Roku is screwed for that money, that particular $487 million. Now, thankfully, it was 26%. It wasn't 100%, but this is one of the most competitive industries right now is streaming. And the consolidation of the industry is becoming more and more and more as you have a couple big players gobbling each other up, the smaller ones. And there's a lot of fatigue from the customers where you don't want to have five to six subscription services for entertainment or TV and movies. You might only have one or two. So to have this type of hit right now at a pivotal moment in the industry, that's even that's even worse. So having their having so much cash in that bank that just went bust, I mean, that is certainly the business blunder of the day. Thank you everyone for tuning in today. Don't forget, if you'd like to see more content like this, subscribe. Don't forget to like, comment, and as well, tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell your enemies. Heck, just tell anyone. Y'all stay safe and fight the good fight.